And I welcome you to What's New. We return today to Acts chapter 22, focusing on Paul's address to the Jerusalem mob that was out to kill him. We will be looking at verses 3 through 29, and here's the way that Luke records Paul's address. I am a Jew, he said, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, but educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel, at whose feet I learned to follow our Jewish laws and customs very carefully. I became very anxious to honor God in everything I did, just as you have tried to do today. And I persecuted the Christians, hounding them to death, binding and delivering both men and women to prison. The high priest or any member of the council can testify that this is so. For I asked them for letters to the Jewish leaders in Damascus with instructions to let me bring any Christians I found to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. As I was on the road nearing Damascus, suddenly about noon a very bright light from heaven shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who is it speaking to me, sir? I asked. And he replied, I am Jesus of Nazareth, the one you are persecuting. The men with me saw the light, but didn't understand what was being said. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, Get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told what awaits you in the years ahead. I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led into Damascus by my companions. There, a man named Ananias, as godly a man as you could find for obeying the law, and well thought of by the Jews in Damascus, came to me and standing beside me said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And that very hour I could see him. Then he told me, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the Messiah and hear him speak. You are to take this message everywhere, telling what you have seen and heard. And now, why delay? Go and be baptized and be cleansed from your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. One day, after my return to Jerusalem, while I was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance and saw a vision of God saying to me, Hurry, leave Jerusalem, for the people here won't believe you when you give them my message. But Lord, I argued, they certainly know that I imprisoned and beat those in every synagogue who believed on you. And when your witness, Stephen, was killed, I was standing there agreeing, keeping the coats that they laid aside as they stoned him. But God said to me, Leave Jerusalem, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened until Paul came to that word. Then, with one voice, they shouted, Away with such a fellow! Kill him! He isn't fit to live! They yelled and threw their coats into the air and tossed up hands full of dust. So the commander brought him inside and ordered him lashed with whips to make him confess his crimes. He wanted to find out why the crowd had become so furious. As they tied Paul down to lash him, Paul said to an officer standing there, Is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen who hasn't even been tried? 
the officer went to the commander and asked, what are you doing? This man is a Roman citizen. So the commander went over and asked Paul, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I certainly am. I am too, the commander muttered, and it cost me plenty. But I am a citizen by birth. The soldiers standing ready to lash him quickly disappeared when they heard Paul was a Roman citizen. And the commander was frightened because he had ordered him bound and whipped. Oh, come, Lord, and drums, let us sing the thanks to our Almighty King. For we our voices high should raise when our salvation's wrong we praise. Great is the Lord, what tongue can frame, and equal honor to His name. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. The mob had every intention of killing the Christians. It was on the temple grounds. But the Roman guards in their barracks adjacent to the temple's court of the Gentiles came rushing down the stairs and rescued Paul. They took him back up the stairs. At the top, Paul asked to speak to his would-be killers, the mob. He gestured. Amazingly, the crowd quieted down. He began to speak in Aramaic, a language closely related to Hebrew. He said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. Under Gamaliel, I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as also the high priest and all the council can testify. I even obtained letters from them to their brothers in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. On three occasions in the book of Acts, Paul's testimony concerning his conversion to Christ is given. Luke felt it important enough to recount it three times, each time with a different emphasis. This account of his experience is divided into three parts. Number one, Paul's pre-conversion life. Number two, his conversion to Christ by divine intervention. And number three, his commission to serve the Lord. When Paul saw heaven open, on that road to Damascus that day, and heard the Lord from heaven say, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Those words forever changed this persecutor of Christ and Christians. Although highly educated in Judaism, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, Paul was ignorant in his unbelief. He was blind to the truth of Christ. He was trained under Gamaliel, his training was thorough. Graduates are often judged by the schools they attend. One can't help but reflect 
the school won a tent. Paul had the best training. He said so here, and no one argued the point. Not only was Paul highly trained and educated, he had unusual zeal, even beyond that of his major professor, Gamaliel. Paul was more strict in his feelings and actions toward the Christians. But all of that changed in an instant when he heard the one whose followers he imprisoned say, I am Jesus of Nazareth. His unbelief vanished. His ignorance disappeared. His blind eyes were opened. He saw Jesus was alive and he was Lord. From that moment on, Paul gave his lifelong allegiance to this Jesus. It took an experience like this to reach Saul in his stubbornness. But once he was convinced, once he saw the truth, he was as adamant about winning his Jewish people to Christ as he had been in keeping them away from him. In fact, he once offered to go to hell himself to be forever accursed if only the Jews would turn to Christ. Paul tells this crowd that after God's divine intervention in his life, after his conversion to Christ, he came to Jerusalem and prayed in this very temple, and God called him to leave this beloved city and its people, his brothers, and go to Gentiles. It was at that point that the crowd raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him, he's not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered Paul to be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and questioned in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a big price for my citizenship. But I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to question him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul a Roman citizen in chains. As the soldiers readied Paul for the flogging, as they stretched him out either on the floor or against a post or suspended him from the ceiling, Paul asked, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't been tried? Of course he knew it wasn't. Citizenship was hard to come by. Just how Paul's family received it, we don't know. Proof of citizenship was kept in the archives. It was not carried on the person. To say you were a Roman citizen when you were not was a serious offense and, in some cases, punishable by death. But having convinced the commander that he was, in fact, a citizen, the next day Paul was released, and the commander convened a meeting of the Sanhedrin and Paul. Paul gets another chance to speak for his Lord Jesus Christ this time to the Jewish Sanhedrin. More about that tomorrow. He's still working on me To make me what I ought to be It took him 
taken just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. There really ought to be a sign upon my heart. Don't judge me yet, there's an unfinished part. But I'll be perfect just according to his plan, fashioned by the master's loving hand. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. In the mirror of his word, reflections that I see make me wonder why he never gave up on me. But he loves me as I am and helps me when I pray. Remember, he's the potter, I'm the clay. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.